In his book, A Meal with Jesus, Discovering Grace, Community, and Mission Around the Table, author Tim Chester shares examples of how sharing meals becomes enacted mission. In a community hall underneath a soccer stadium, more than 100 people of all nationalities gathered. Chester's church had paid a Pakistani friend to make a popular curry dish, and church members provided desserts for the gathering. At a couple of points in the meal, they told stories of meals, many of the same stories that we will be hearing in our series. Chester also recounts a time when he and his wife invited a new couple in the neighborhood over for a meal, along with a young couple from their church. Sharing the lovely meal in their garden, the new neighbors engaged in conversation through curiosity. How do you know each other? They asked Chester, his wife and friends. Oh, we belong to the same church. What church is that? Oh, Chester replied, it's the church that meets in a, in a home down the road. In a home? Why's that? Meals can lead to missional conversation. Whether it is sharing a conversation with a neighborhood guest, roasting a hot dog around the fire ring at the hayride, or inviting a new coworker or neighbor to share a meal around your own kitchen table. Meals are forms of mission that Jesus would recognize. All of these examples are the kinds of events and gatherings he might have attended. When you combine a love for Jesus with shared meals, you create rich gospel opportunities. Will you pray with me? God of wisdom, open us to the work of your spirit that we may hear and faithfully respond to your holy word. Amen. Now hear the word of God. One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him, and he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. 
Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said also to the man who invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. And I need to go examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Certain settings lend themselves to breaking down interpersonal barriers and creating opportunities for mission, and none serves better than the meal table. Traditionally, the meal table has been one of the social centers of the home, whether it be with family or friends or strangers. In today's text, Jesus was invited to eat at the home of a prominent Pharisee. One would like to think that it was a genuine invitation. It should have been a pleasant afternoon of dining, fellowship, and relaxation in God's gift of Sabbath. But scripture shows us that there was an ulterior motive. No, it was not a time of friendly conversation and warm hospitality. It was a time of silent sullenness of treachery, and of self-seeking on the part of those Pharisees in attendance. Nonetheless, Jesus did accept the invitation. Unlike traditional dinner parties of the day, the gathering did not produce relaxed conversation. What we hear in today's scripture is tension. Right out of the gate, we hear the sinister undercurrent created by the religious leaders when Luke records, 
they were watching him closely. The Greek word for watching closely sometimes means to observe, as in observation of a holiday or the rules of etiquette, or to be on the lookout like a guard in a watchtower. But quite often the word carries the idea of malicious intent, as in to lie in wait or to watch insidiously. The circumstances in today's scripture don't favor any particular interpretation of the term until Luke calls attention to the presence of one guest, a man suffering from dropsy. The Pharisees knew where Jesus stood on the issue of healing on the Sabbath because they had called him out on it prior to this gathering when he had healed a suffering woman. Now, to raise the stakes, the leaders of the Pharisees orchestrated another opportunity for Jesus to violate their rules. While the invitation to dine appeared to be genuine, it was an opportunity for the Sanhedrin, which was the Jewish high council, to say, in effect, okay, now let's see how boldly you tread on our traditions. The Sanhedrin tried to put Jesus in a public no-win situation, but he turned the tables on them publicly with a question that asked them to choose between their traditions and common kindness. Caught in Jesus' ethical checkmate, all that they could do was to remain silent. After healing the man, all in attendance jockeyed for position at the table. Jesus took this opportunity to give the guests some righteous advice. Now, almost every culture has a seating etiquette, and Jewish society was no exception. Jesus crushed the familiar world of the ancient Mediterranean when he overturned its socially constructed reality, replacing it with what must have been regarded scandalous. Jesus taught the guests that God doesn't judge worth based on deeds, nor does he assign rank according to the same standards by which we judge greatness. In heaven, humility receives praise, sacrifice receives glory, motive Trump's action. Pride, Jesus tells us, results in public humiliation. After this lesson in humility, Jesus turns his back on the host, turns his sights back on the host. When he tells him to stop inviting only those who can reciprocate the invitation. Just like today, first century Politicians and socialites sought to elevate their social standing in the community by hosting social events, inviting only the right people while snubbing those who they deemed the wrong people. Hosting parties and reciprocating invitations allowed a man to build social alliances and advance his social standing in the community. Jesus suggests that the host use his assets to benefit those who cannot help themselves. 
But when you give a feast, Jesus said, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid in the resurrection of the just. The table fellowship of Jesus with its ethic of grace was creating a new countercultural society. The actions Jesus demand would collapse the distance between the marginalized with the rest of society. Our attitudes to, towards those on the margins are to be shaped by our own experiences of God's grace to us. The Pharisees hadn't experienced grace or recognized their own need. Therefore, they had no grace for the needy. We are called to follow Christ into a broken world, but we have missed the mark of Jesus' example if we think that we are enacting grace by simply writing a check. The only thing that communicates is that we're able and they're unable. Don't get me wrong, giving is very important and it is essential. But giving your friendship is a mark of genuine discipleship. Think how different the dynamic is when we sit and eat a meal with someone. We meet as equals. We share together. We affirm one another and enjoy one another. Meals enact mission, but they enact mission because they enact grace. There is an old movie. Well, it's old like from the 1980s that I watched this week. Um, I knew the premise of the story as I had been assigned to watch a clip, a smidgen of it, in seminary and felt it was a great illustration for our message today. So I watched the whole movie. The film is called Babette's Feast. And it tells the story of an 18th century Christian community in Denmark that has lost its way, becoming joyless and legalistic like these Pharisees. Babette is a refugee from Paris who comes to live with two sisters after the French Revolution. For 12 years, she serves as their housekeeper, learning how to prepare their humble, simple Food. Then she wins 10,000 francs. You see, each year a friend of Babette's sends her a Paris lottery ticket, and this year her number came up. So Babette was going to use the money, if she ever won, to return to Paris. But Babette, she asks if she can prepare a banquet for this community. She serves up course after course after course of the most exquisite food, climaxing in a dish of baby quail. The little head was even still on it. It was very presentable, I guess. <laughs> a visiting general exclaims he has only ever tasted food like this at the famous Café Anglaise in Paris. As the meal unfolds, the community 
rediscovers joy. Feuds are ended. Sin is confessed. The evening even ends with the community hand in hand around the village well, singing the old songs of faith. Meanwhile, the two sisters find Babette in the chaos of the kitchen. With a faraway look in her eyes, she says, I once was the chef at the Café Anglaise. The sisters said, we will all remember this evening when you have gone back to Paris. But Babette will not be returning to Paris. She has spent all 10,000 francs on the feast. A lavish meal has brought transformation to a joyless community because it embodied grace. Jesus routinely welcomed sinners and shared meals with them, just as God will do in his eternal banquet. He humbles the self-righteous and self-important, but becomes the humbled, but welcomes the humbled and marginalized. Jesus enacted grace around the table. If you routinely share meals and have a passion for Jesus, then you'll be doing mission. It's not hard to find an excuse to throw a dinner party. We'll be having our own party in a few weeks where we can share the love of Christ by our friendship and hospitality at our annual hayride. Strike up a conversation around the fire pit with someone you don't know. Be present to the single mom who is juggling two kids all while trying to roast three hot dogs. Next week, we will be hosting Together for a Meal. These are small gatherings that will be held in some of our homes. Invite a new neighbor, co-worker, or maybe someone who lives alone and is lonely. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. We, too, can enact mission through meals. Remember, when you combine passion for Jesus with shared meals, you create rich gospel opportunities. God gives us a lot of opportunity. Who will you invite to the party? Amen.